Solo and welcome to Those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell, the nerdy vicar who says so. And I'm Dave Coaches, who tells him off for saying so. That's right, yeah. <laughs> We're not predictable at all, are we? No. Uh, so Dave Coaches has been on a romantic And you weekend. replaced me. I did. You with WandaVision. You replaced me with WandaVision. She was all right, wasn't she? Yeah, I listened on my holidays. Did you? On yeah. your holidays? Oh, well, right. half on my holidays. Half well, when I got home. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. No, she was good as WandaVision. The bloquette or whatever she yeah. called herself. Yeah. We might get her back uh, when I'm on holidays or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. So it was all right. So did you enjoy your romantic getaway then? I'm not familiar with this word romantic, um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the three days in Dubrovnik with the wife, yeah. That's Game that of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Dubrovnik. Yeah, we went on a... I downloaded a Game of Thrones historical maps thing on my really? Google Maps and then wandered around thinking... Oh. Right, okay, so now I can tell all of those people who watch it that I've been there and I've seen what they're on about, but I've still no idea what they're on about. Oh, really. that's so annoying, because you haven't seen Game of Thrones. No, and there was a protest through the old town while we were there. What was that about? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, right. But it was, it was quite <laughs> exciting. We went into the into the big cathedral in the old town. Oh, yeah. And when we came out, there was this noise coming along the street in the old town. And it was a load of students waving flags with snow, smoke flares and oh, right. all the rest of it, chanting something we didn't understand. But it was in and Croatia. They, yeah, they stood on the on the uh, pinnacle at the front of the cathedral, waving their flags around. And what, then we what, were, what, what the were the police whistling their whistles. They were just, just coloured flags. Oh, right. It was very, it was very lame is. Oh, right. Um, they were red, were they? There was a red one and a blue one and an orange one. Oh, right. Okay. So I don't know what it was all about. I have to look at that, actually. Maybe they... I don't know if it was a protest or maybe they were just celebrating having done all their exams or something. They could have been, Because they yeah. were all a similar age. They were yeah. all that 15, 16, 17 mark. And then there were some whistles from the other end of the street with the police coming down. They weren't <laughs> in a hurry. They were just walking down. Um and then the students just dispersed, like vanished as fast as they appeared. Oh, um, so it's not like the old just stop oil bomb. No, then. no. All oh, right, it, it it looked like quite a lot of fun. Oh, right, it was good to watch. There we go. I'm really jealous and annoyed now that you you've been around. You're going to have to watch Game of Thrones now if you've been to Dubrovnik and all that. Yeah, that's that's so annoying. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll put it on your list actually. Yeah, but Game there's loads of it. Yeah, but, oh, well, you, but you did this to me with Breaking Bad. There were six seasons of it. I yeah. had to watch them all before I could sleep again. But it's brilliant, though. But isn't Game it? of Thrones is what ten seasons. No, it's only about six. It's not right. about but, seven, maybe. But I already know that nobody was happy with the way it ended. No, it's rubbish. So yeah. I don't want to invest the time in it. Yeah, but the first four are really good. The first four seasons. Yeah, right, it is okay. really good. It's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's really good is Game of Thrones. Yeah, you need to watch it. Dun, 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 dun. It's brilliant. Right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I had three days in Dubrovnik oh. and then we came back and we got caught up in all of that E Gate stuff. What's E Gate? Oh, oh that's so the E Gates the... were down and so we had to queue for two hours to get through Bristol Airport. Oh um, man. so that was a bit annoying. And then we went to Hale at Saint Ives Bay, um, oh. in Cornwall for Seven nights where we had to take the kids. Is that your caravan? In the caravan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah, really so nice. That was that. good. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I went shopping in uh, in Cardiff. Oh, that sounds nice. What well, did, uh, what in Primark? Did you buy some? Sh- in Pr- why did you go to Primark in Cardiff when there's one in town? Because I was going to see my father in law. Oh, afterwards. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the Primark and got holiday clothes. Oh, that was it, really. And or it was really funny, actually. You is- need to realise how old you are. What? You should be buying your clothes in Marks and Spencers by now. I know, I know. I've only done that once and I felt really weird. Uh, and do you know I got some really nice Marks and Spencers chinos? And what I like about them is the elasticated waist, so they uh, fit you before and after lunch. Well, that's why you need to go to the gym. That's yeah. the thing I keep on telling them. But no, I, I, I can't be doing with... I've been there once or twice, Marks and Spencers. I bought stuff there once, actually. Um, but yeah, you, you you feel some of your youth and vigor leaving you as you you uh, buy clothes in Marks and Spencers. It's sort of this beginning of the end, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So, other than recording the podcast with Wanda and going shopping in Cardiff, do you, any, anything else to report on for for the ten days or so since we last oh, spoke? Um, not really. No, no. Really. It's a bit. It was all that was. That's all we did over half term, really. To be honest with you, is is did that. Um, went to uh, went to went to the gym. Went to work. Did some stuff. 
Uh, that okay. was it, really. Just a bit uneventful and boring. Not right. like you. In, I got jealous of Dave in Dubrovnik. Yeah. Even more jealous now, other than that. Um, so what we on about on the um, podcast this morning, then, or whenever we are going to do whenever you're listening? Yeah, whenever you're listening. Um, what do we talk We talk about the news. We talk about the fact that um, the news is centred around uh, somebody dyeing their hair. Yeah. Um, it was a bit niche news. To be fair, but it was it was it was a good conversation, um, and and good. I was going to say good news. Good news. It's not the good news. It's not the. Hopefully, you'll find some elements of the good news in there. I got annoyed on Twitter because I've only tweeted about five times, four of which is annoying you when you're having a go at Jacob Rees-Mogg and GB News just to annoy you, and one other tweet which was this one. Yeah, because you were annoyed with somebody else for a change. I was. Yeah, I was annoyed because she said somebody couldn't shouldn't be ordained with. Brightly coloured air, so I was yeah. annoyed. All right, don't yeah. don't tell them all what we talk oh, about yeah, before yeah, you get there. Yeah. Um, we talk about fear, yeah, because you're frightened of God, and I'm not. I'm not frightened. All right, I let them hear it before right. you roll yeah. it out. All right, yeah, we'll go on about that. And then we talk about ten pound pumps. Yeah, one of those sort of uh, BBC programs. Yeah, Dave thought it was good. I was a bit anyway. We'll see what happens. So brace yourself for the music, and uh, let's get into it. Right in, Dave. Um, what's in the news this weekend? Well, Dave? the news that caught my attention um, was a was a tweet from somebody who doesn't normally tweet. Oh, Do you oh! Want to have a guess who that was. I was me. I don't it normally tweet. I've you got don't four. Normally tweet. You normally only abuse me on Twitter. I thought that was why you signed up was to abuse me. Well, I think it is. No, I you were abusing other people. On I Twitter, wasn't abusing. Usually, I've only no, done I, it was four unfair. tweets. You were defending somebody else on Twitter. I was defending um, somebody else on Twitter. Well, I just put on Twitter. Um, basically, I've, I've only tweeted like five times. I think four of which is. Complaining at you for having a go at like Jacob Rees Mogg and various other Nigel, like, G- Farage, Nigel yeah. Farage and that, say, Need Nigel alone, he's such yeah. a sweet guy, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was defending someone, it caught my eye because. Because um, they went to your training college, they, which you consider to be the a best. Proper training college, yeah. is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were being criticised, weren't they? They were. What happened was um, the picture went up from the College of Resurrection with the people who were going to be ordained uh, this July. Yeah. And they had a kind of leavers photo, you know, like you have in school. You yeah, know, with black cassocks. Black and, cassocks. Uh, yeah. Good, good luck. Good luck. It was luck. a nice tweet. I thought it was a nice tweet. It was, yeah. I saw it just before it started. Kicking to off, go nasty. Yeah, yeah. So they had the pilot people there, and um, they all had their ordination stoles, looking really sort of swanky, and a couple of them had Murfield style over uh, ordination stoles, which is good. And one of the girls who was being ordained had red hair, and there purple. was purple hair. Was it purple? She had purple hair, wasn't she? Was she purple or red? Uh, she it was dyed a, anyway. She had her it? hair dyed in a colour that that wasn't blonde, brunette, or ginger. Yeah, it was what they classify in uh, in the local school as a non-natural hair colour. Yeah. So they're not allowed in school to have non-natural hair colour dyes, right? So she had this dye, and then somebody, I don't know, I'm not sure where she was. I, 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 anyway, this person, right, tweeted saying, basically, she shouldn't have dyed hair what, like that. What she wrote was, when are they going to start training in our theology colleges? That vicars should not dye their hair. That's it. That's it. That's what she said. And I went a bit like, ooh, claws out. I was a bit, yeah, <laughs> a bit claws out. <laughs> no, it was in the news, really, because like it did have a bit of a blow up on Twitter, really. A lot of people like piled in in because, support of the order. Because Christians band. were so nice to each other. Yeah, Christian Twitter went yeah. really ugly. <laughs> it did a bit, but it weren't it weren't as bad as sort of secular Twitter, I think. In fairness. Um, but basically, what I was annoyed about really is in Murfield, um, we were trained to understand that we are called to be ourselves. So the idea is that God calls us as unique individuals to be a priest in our own unique way. And it's not that God has called us into being um, a kind of cookie cutter priest. Yeah. 
And the reason I got cross about it, I remembered this actually. I was in my second year and I was with Father Peter, whose nickname was The Pig. That was his nickname, right? He won't mind me saying that, right? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, um, Father Peter. And we were doing moral theology, I think it was. And he was rattling on about something. And I just shouted out, resistance isn't futile. I will not be assimilated, which is a Star Trek reference. Right. Yeah, from the Borg. Now, the Borg in Star Trek are the bad guys. And basically what they are is, is this alien species that goes around the world, around the universe uh, assimilating different civilizations. So they come to Earth, right, and they make everybody on Earth the same. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they assimilate people. And their their watchword is resistance is futile. You so will so, be assimilated. So something that I'd be more of, more familiar with then, we're talking Daleks in Doctor Who. Yeah, same thing. So we're, we've got one mission. We're going to do it. This is our job. That's it. And we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all, like, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and I think... What the pig, uh, Father Peter, said to me was, he goes, oh, he used to have his funny voice. He went, oh, you couldn't be more wrong. And I was just like, what? So he had this funny voice. And I said to him, I said, oh, no, 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 we had this big argument. And he said, no, he said, how well God has called you to be ordained and to be a priest. And you have to do it in your own unique way. And that means being the person God has created you to be. So for you to be... Howell, you must be ordained because your ordination is the fulfilling of your created purpose. Yeah. So that's the thing. So we are all created with a purpose and a vocation, whatever that vocation is. And my vocation is um, to be a priest, but not... To be a priest who's had a career as a scientist who grew up in Aberdeen. That's it. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not to be a priest as a kind of generic kind of cookie cutter thing where we've all got to like, I don't know, drink sherry and sort of that sort of thing, whatever they do, right? Or to kind of listen to classical music or be put into this kind of really conformist box. But to be yeah. a priest the way that we're called to be a priest. Yeah. And with our own personalities, with our own individuality. Yeah. Um and it particularly annoyed me, this one, because in Murfield, what they told us to do at the right at the end of our time there, they said, what you have to do is when you're ordained, take something to your ordination that symbolizes who you are. So it's a bit like in Hunger Games. You know, she has that... Um, uh, not seen Hunger Games. You've not seen Hunger Games? Not seen Hunger Games. Oh, it's such a risk telling you what I haven't seen on the telly. Oh, right. You haven't seen the Hunger Games? Oh, I feel this was a mistake. Yeah. They should have just said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. But well, no, I haven't seen Hunger Games. Right, next month, next week, then you're going to have to watch the Hunger Games, then, aren't you? Wow, I thought you wanted me to watch something else. Well, you? maybe, yeah. Well, we'll put the Hunger Games on the list. Hunger Games is great. So when Unger, in Hunger Games, they have to take something from their district to say who they are. Yeah. Yeah, so she takes the Mockingjay pin, right? Right. So what I did, the thing that I took to my ordination t- to symbolise who I was, that God was ordaining me, was my Iron Maiden Dances of Death World Tour t-shirt, which I wore underneath my cassock. Which right. Which really, I love that. Yeah. I did it for my priesthood. And my son, when he was confirmed, right, he wore his Iron Maiden um, Book of Souls to a T-shirt when he was... Uh, when he was Right. Yeah. So and when I get... When I'm licensed or whatever, right, into a different parish, I always wear my Iron Maiden Dances of Death World to a T-shirt underneath my kit to say that God is ordaining me. Yeah. Or God is asking me to do this ministry. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and I didn't outwardly take anything with mine, but I, but I'm a firm believer that internally, those things that that make us who we are, that that have happened in life to get us to where we are, um, either before we were called to ministry or when we were still trying to deny the fact we were called to ministry, we still fundamentally carry those with us, um, in whatever way we do. That's why you're Reverend Dave Coaches. You know, that's why. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm not. Why I don't fight against the title of it. Yeah, that's right. Because actually, fundamentally, part of who I am is somebody who who spent time um, driving buses. That's that's who you are. That's it. That's yeah. Yeah. And my worldview, my view as a priest, is changed as a result of my experiences. And you can't you can't take those away. I couldn't be. 
I couldn't be the priest that I am without having had those experiences. No. And I think one of the things I've always loved about priesthood and being a Christian, really, it's not, not about priesthood. The thing I love about being a Christian is that God has created us as individuals that together form a unique community as the body of Christ. And I've always felt, more so now than ever, that our world is so conformist and forcing us into being the way that they want us to be. And Christianity is the opposite of that conformist way of being. Do you know I was the only person when I went to selection conference that didn't already have a degree? That doesn't surprise me. And, no. and actually, there was a conversation on the first night of, oh, what did you do your degree in? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't... And, and, and yeah. these comments, these Twitter comments to me, stem from a very narrow view of priesthood about that we should all be from an ilk doing things in a particular way um, and conforming to what their view of priesthood is. Um, so I'm I'm with the view of fair play. Yeah. Get, get ordained with with what was the term you used? Iron Maiden dances no, of death. Non non natural hair colour. Non- oh uh, non natural hair colour, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I know. think it's great. Because there's plenty of uh plenty of our colleagues out there who who if they had more hair than us, would be dyeing their grey over with with oh, a more yeah. natural hair colour. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, and like my so it, one can't be right and the other wrong. No, and like my old um, curate Zoe, she used to dye her hair with uh, non natural colours, and she had uh, she had a nose ring, and it, which was quite funny actually. She had a nose ring, and when she turned up, one of the um, members of the congregation said, "She's got a nose ring. She's got a nose ring." And um, it was a big dairy farming area. So this guy used to be a stockman. Turned around and goes, "Oh, that's quite good. We can just lead her around like we do in work, can't we?" Like you know. And but I think the parishioners really loved it. I think parishioners love the fact that we are who we are. And I think the the sign of a healthy community is where people can be the people who God has created them to be. Yeah. And I think that comes from the front. If the if the leadership of the church is about conformity, about putting people in boxes, about you know control in that way, then that's going to seep out into the community. And I think from the front, I think it's really important we can celebrate the people God has but created us to be. But this is why it caught my eye, is because actually you and I and people that that don't necessarily tick that box of this is what a stereotypical vicar looks like. And I don't think stereotypical vicar exists. Yeah. However, society yeah. would view that stereotypical vicar exists. You're not like a vicar. And, and we're not it, are we? No. We're not it. No. So so the fact that you rarely speak on Twitter other than to have a pop at me um, <laughs> just shows that it, it was fundamentally important. Yeah, it was, that, actually. To, it's to, really to annoying people me. that are like you and me and all of those vicars that have coloured hair or nose rings or tattoos or whatever else yeah, it is that people well, yeah. think are, are, are not, not allowed. normal vicar characteristics. Yeah. I don't know if this is the point that I should confess that I used to have my left nipple pierced. Oh, that's a um, horrible mental image. It's too late now because oh. I've confessed it and I won't be asking for it to be withdrawn. Um, <laughs> that's really horrible. Oh, dear. When we're not on air, I'll show you that my left nipple's still no, bigger really, than my right one. But, no, I don't um, want to see your nipples. No, that's disgusting. Good job too. Um, oh man, but, you know, that's it's, so it's, gross. It's those, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's the, it's those things that we've done that and and that we continue to do that make us who we are and that make us the people that we're called by God. Yeah, it is, and it's important that we stand up for that to to be a thing and not just that we all become robots working from the front. Yeah, and I think in a way, in a world which is so conformist and controlling, I think that's something that really is missionally important. And I think that freedom that I've always felt in being a Christian, in the sense of, I don't have to care what people think of me. I don't have to, I can just be the person God has called me to be and celebrate that and be with people who love me for who I am because God loves me for who I am. And 
the great joy in friendship and in relationship is where you find someone who loves you for who you are, yeah. for that unique person who you are, and that's what we see in God. Yeah. And I think we're in real danger in our society of, of losing that, of becoming automatons and becoming conformist. Um, and I think that's a real, I think that's really creepy and weird. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah. So if you're being ordained uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I was done, what, 18 years ago this year. That's a bit scary. Uh, on the 2nd of July. So if you're being ordained uh, this this uh, July or June, our prayers are with you. And remember, you know, go and be the person lay ordained who God has called you to be. Yeah, amen. So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, check, give us a rating and all that sort of thing. And tell your mates, tell your mates all about it. Get them listening. And also as well, if you've got any questions or things you'd like us to watch or to to listen to or whatever, just let us know and we'll do our best to include them. The fear of God. That's what we're talking about in this next section. Yeah, so should we be fear? Should, should, we, we... should we fear God? Yeah. So what, yeah. Do, you, what do you reckon? Is God something to be afraid of? Well, yeah. um, no. Yeah, that was short, wasn't it? Right, okay. I say yes, you say no, right? Uh, I think it depends <laughs> on what, on your view of fear, so this should be interesting. Yeah, well, you tell us why we shouldn't be scared of God um, then. Because it's the God who loves us and cares for us and wants the best for us. Right. Um, and so um, if God is for us who can stand against and all that, um, yeah. then and I don't think there's much to be frightened of. And I think fear is misused and misdirected um, by the church and people in the church. Um, Give us some examples of that. Get all put me on the spot with that one. Um, I think there's a whole strand of people in the church who um, use passages that might make it look like God has smited people in order to give them the illusion that they might also get smited. Um, And it's it's a sales technique. So you think it's kind of like this idea that we have in society of God being like a bit like Zeus, really, a being who lives on a cloud with like a big kind of uh, lightning bolt that's going yeah. to smite people who are bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and and there's some Old Testament literature that, if you read it in that context, would would, would affirm you in that view. Do you think the Old Testament says that? I think the Old Testament was written in a way that believed that to be the case Ooh, right okay do you reckon that 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 he's like some kind of like bit like zeus figure you can't read the story of noah and the ark without considering the fact that most people got wiped out in that in that event and it is written in a way that god caused the flood that killed the people you can't read amos Mm. um it you know that we had to preach on for our sermon series. Yeah, I remember that. Without yeah. looking at people, where God says, "If you keep doing that, you're going to get smited," and they got smited. Hmm. Um, so, so we shouldn't. So, what do we do with those passages then? If we say we shouldn't be frightened of God because He loves us, what do we do with them? We put them in the context of what Jesus said. Oh, so we use the. Um, Typology, sorry, technical word. Uh, we use the ancient understanding of um, how to read the Old Testament is we read it through the lens of Jesus. Yeah. Okay, right. What about Jews then? Are they stuck with this sort of smitey God from the Old Testament? Well, there were various covenants in the Old Testament and and each time that there's a, a smitey element um, mm. in, in the histori- historical stuff, then God makes a covenant that that eases that smitey nature. So you're talking about the two covenants where we have the what's called the Abrahamic covenant. We'll focus on the two main ones or the two central ones, right? 
So you've got the Abrahamic covenant he makes with Abraham, which basically says, I'll be your God no matter what. Yeah. Right? I will love you. I will make your descendants more than the stars of the sky. So that's in the Genesis where God calls Abraham and gives this promise to him and says, I will be your God. That's it. Uh, no matter what, yeah. and I will give you this as a gift where you will be the father of many nations, Abraham being meaning father, basically. Yeah. Um, of course, the other side of that is that it's a covenant, therefore there was a, a human element that they were meant to do what they were meant to do to keep their side of the bargain. All, all they had to do to keep the side of the bargain was get circumcised, Yeah, basically. So there's no, once you're circumcised, um, there's no... Um, imposition about law there's no you have to behave in a certain way it was basically you get circumcised in order to show that you as a sign of this covenant and then this covenant is set for eternity and that's it right yeah yeah the other one you're on about is Moses the covenant with Moses where we get the Ten Commandments which is basically I will be your God if you keep the and I will give you the land if you keep the law if you don't keep the law, then I'll get you. Or does he really say that? Well, that's the complex issue, isn't it? Does he really say that? I don't think he really does say that, but what do you think? I th- I think that what we've got here is a corruption of Christianity through stereotypes. So what I mean by that is, is when we have stereotypes, a bit like we were talking about with the red air or the blue air or whatever it was before, there's this stereotype of what a Christian should be, what a vicar should be, and a stereotype of who God is. And the popular understanding of who God is isn't Jewish, Christian, or Islamic God. It's basically Zeus, this guy who is on a cloud. He exists within this universe on a cloud watching us all the time and when we're naughty boys and girls he blasts us and hurts us and kills us because he's not actually very good or nice or anything like that that's the that that but that's you didn't answer the question did you what it was like listen to a politician do you believe that's what it says or do you believe that's what happened no no i was just saying the reason we think that's what it is is because of this stereotype it's not in scripture is the reason we believe that the Old Testament is full of all these horrible? So he, so he didn't. So God didn't send them into exile in Egypt then. Not in the way that you think he did. Well, not in the way that I'm suggesting he did is what you actually mean. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that God is actively there waiting to punish people, waiting to get people, and then gets them. That's not the Jewish understanding of justice. That's not the Jewish understanding of. Uh, covenant to any of these other things did they not teach you us in theology college we're, we're debating this out on the on, all right on, okay on podcast, aren't we? fair enough then. I, I share your view all right okay well i think i think you should be scared of god right but in a good way you should be scared of god basically because in the same way sometimes we're scared of consequences to our actions Oh, I think there are always consequences to actions. And I think what God has done, in a way, the Jewish law is set in creation, not on Mount Sinai. So what that means is, right, is that we think that the Ten Commandments comes down from heaven and these are the Ten Commandments and Moses gives them to the people. That's not really what the Jewish understanding of it is. The Jewish and Christian understanding of it is that the universe is created in a law-like way, which is why we can do science. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's a rational universe where if I drop something, it falls down. Um, if I spend lots of time with people who've got COVID in a very small room, I'll probably catch COVID, right? Yeah. It's, it's a rational, ordered universe, right? And what Jews believe and what Christians believe and Muslims as well is a bit like Psalm 19, is the moral law of the universe is hardwired in at creation. So so whether or not Moses came down from Mount Sinai with, with the 613 laws, 10 of which were written on the tablets of stone, whether or not that happened, um, that would have been 
um, the revelation of that to to the people at the time. Yeah. So it's, it's so they already existed. Yeah. They were already there. They just might not have been as well known as they should have been. A bit like gravity, right? Gravity didn't exist, begin to exist with Isaac Newton. Do you see what I mean? I thought he invented it. Well, that's the thing. When somebody said gravity, Isaac Newton invents gravity. That's not how morality works. Is from did, a... I'm sorry, did apples fall from trees before that event? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Oh. So what we have with Isaac Newton is he describes the laws of gravity, right, which already exist in nature, right? And what uh, a Christian understanding of morality is, is that they exist in nature... And what the law of God is, is a description of what already exists. Yeah. Right? And that's really important for us to understand because things are immoral, not because God says so, is that they are naturally immoral. The law of God helps us understand that and helps us behave better, right? Because it describes something, but it describes something that we kind of already know. Yeah. So that's why people say, oh, you can be good without God. That is actually a Christian doctrine. So when you, you talk to humanists, it drives me mad. They go like, oh, well, I can be good without God. And I'm like, of course you can. Ah, but you think that you have to have God to be good. I'm like, no, no, I don't think that. That's the opposite of Christianity. Uh, Paul yeah. talks about, Paul talks a lot about this in Romans chapter 1, yeah, about how God reveals his law in the universe through the laws of nature. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So... The reason that I think that we should be scared, not scared of God, but we should be scared of the consequences of breaking the law is that if we do break God's laws, then there's bad consequences, not really for us in that sort of sense, but for society as a whole. Yeah. If we go against uh, and we live in ways which are detrimental to the world around us, we are breaking God's laws and, and bad things happen. And the 20th century and our own lives should tell us that. Maybe as you get older, you realise how stupid you are. Well, I do anyway. And how we have the ability to... As you get older, I realise how stupid you are as well. Yeah, thank you for that, yeah. (laughs) No, but but that's what I mean, is that you realise that we have the ability to really muck up. Yeah, yeah. But see, my my go-to thing on fear is, is Proverbs. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's right, yeah. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that you should be petrified of God um, in order to be wise. It, it's something that's not fear in the sense that we might see fear. Um, it's fear in the sense of all reverence, respect for. More respect than than yeah. fear. Yeah, in the same sense is that... In, like... this, in a parental sense. Yeah. In a, in, a, in a loving father sense, you know. If you've got a loving father and you keep the rules, you've nothing to fear. Yeah. If you've got a loving father and you don't keep the rules, <laughs> then there is a consequence, but it's probably not one to fear. I, I don't... It's one that's going to affect you. It's one that you're not going to like, but it's not necessarily the fact that you're going to get smited. You're certainly not going to get smited. Um, Back in my day, if I did something like that, that, that offended my loving father, I might have got a whack for it. But, yeah, um, but that's that's the thing though is is in a good relationship there are boundaries. It doesn't have to be like with a father. For example, in a marriage, there's a law that governs marriage, which is don't have affairs. Keep it that way, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're in a marriage where you say, "Oh well, we love each other, and and therefore we don't need rules, and there are no consequences, and I'm not frightened," is that if you have somebody who's not frightened of the relationship being destroyed, they can go off and they'll go off and have all these different affairs and then come back. That's actually an abusive relationship. Yeah. Because part of the reason why we behave ourselves is because there's consequences. That's why we drive at 30 mile an hour to Copa Heath, right? Because when you drive to Copa Heath 30 mile an hour, then you, if there's speed cameras there, then you're going to get caught. Yeah. Well, it's such a There's long. There's only one and, on the way back. Yeah. So that's the thing. So the the thing was, if there weren't speed cameras there, you wouldn't. There's no consequences. 
That's why we. That's why we. But have... there are consequences, though. Yeah, there are, uh, but okay. it's not as obvious, yeah. is it? No, it's yeah. not. It's, it's not as obvious, but it's more important. And I think I think it's a, a, a key factor. Is the the laws exist? God's laws exist to make all of our lives better, mm. and it's not a case of the evident consequences that we might get smited. It's about the good of humanity. 30 mile an hour limits exist. So is there's a reduction in the number of accidents and the number of death on our roads. If our primary driver is not to get caught by a speed camera in order to keep that law, then we're fundamentally flawed. Yeah. But and that's not to say that, that any of us are without sin, um, you know. But we, just but, just to let Justin Welby off the hook because he it, did get done for speeding. Did he? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about ago. that. That's funny. That. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, so there's this element that that the laws exist for a reason and they're for the good of of, of everyone. Yeah, it's not about will I get caught, will I get smited. No, no, no. That's right. But I think there has to be our understand. We should be frightened of the consequences of our actions, so it should make us more cautious. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that the other thing to say as well about this is there's this awful idea of consequentialism, which is I can do what I want as long as I don't hurt anybody else, right? Which is the 1960s idea. Yeah, but what that really means is I can do whatever I want unless there's an immediate and obvious consequence to my actions. Yeah, so it assumes that we can always understand right the consequences of what we do. And we can't, because life's too complicated. Yeah, we touched on that, didn't we, when we reviewed one of the programmes we watched the other yeah. week. Yeah, that's what right. What was that? I can't remember. Oh, that was um, Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight. You know, when it. it was a case of... No, it wasn't. It was the Temptation Island thing. That's it, Temptation where, Island. Where it was a case of, oh, she's done all of these things. Does she know that now everybody's going to dislike her who's watching as well as is in the game? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So the the illusion we have is that there's no need for any laws because we can all really understand the consequences of our actions, which is just so stupid, it's ridiculous. Because when you catch a kid doing something wrong, the first thing they'll say is, I didn't mean for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah? So it's obvious. it's not always obvious when we do break the law of God or the law that you know the law of God, that that there will be consequences for it, and a lot of them you think, well, that could that's just stupid. Who cares? So let's let's think about say um, here's a good one, um, shopping on a Sunday, right? Yeah. Now when they brought that in, saying you're allowed to go shopping on a Sunday and Sunday's just like every other day, I thought, well, that's great because it's a stupid law anyway. Who cares? That's just old fashioned. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody said, there'll be no consequences to that whatsoever. That's really stupid. What a stupid religious law. We're not religious anymore, so we don't care. We're going to do it. Yeah. Right? What happens? The poorest and weakest in society, therefore, have to work seven days a week, not just six. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. That's ex And so people now, uh, uh, their workers' rights have been diminished because of that. Because if I want to go shopping or I want to do something or whatever, right, on a Sunday or whatever it is, this idea of Sabbath, right, of yeah. rest. So the actual idea of us living a a life where we make rest part of our life and all that sort of thing, we're in a hyper, um, you know, family life, everything else. All those things have been diminished yeah, because we threw it out. Because we couldn't see the consequences of our actions immediately so therefore, it was a stupid law, and we're much cleverer now because of moral progress, Dave. And that, yeah. Um, do you see what I mean? So that's why I think we should be scared of God, in that sense, because He knows better than us. Yeah, but I still don't know how that how that extends to fear. I think that that extends to to more my thought that. That an awareness of God and an awareness of those things that are set in place by God, uh, and it leads to a greater understanding of of how life can be improved, how we could actually achieve some moral progress if every step we made for moral progress didn't have a step in the Two opposite direction, yeah. you know, uh, with something else. Maybe then it's the wrong word is fear. Is I would agree with you that you shouldn't be feared. 
I mean, scared of it God. says, "Do not be afraid." So many times yeah. in the, in the in the New Testament. I I think there's there's again we're back to the problem of the English language, right? Is the type of fear? Because you're talk- Welsh and you can't speak it properly. That's probably true. Yeah. But I think the problem is... We've I got... must apologise to every other Welsh person. It's only Howell I'm having to go at, not everybody else. Yeah. But I think it's the word fear is what we're doing is... I think we're using it in two different ways. Yeah. The way I'm understanding fear is more, as you say, about awe, respect, those sorts of words which don't translate well into English but make sense in Greek and Hebrew, right? What you're saying is we should be woke... No. About what God said. No, oh, no, no, right. no. I think wokeism is based on fear. Is there's the other type of fear, which is how our societies run now, where we might not be frightened of God, but we're certainly frightened of society and what people think and cancel culture and everything else. Yeah. We're much more fearful in our society than we've ever been before. So maybe in losing that awe for God and losing that respect and humility before god really is what we're talking about in losing that we've ended up with fear real fear and that's because we've tried to rewrite the laws of nature yeah yeah because we say we knew better yeah and that's the story of the 20th century so we started off disagreeing but fundamentally we agree Yeah, yeah 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 so you shouldn't be frightened of god smiting you we should be frightened of the consequences of our own actions because we can't really understand them. But the wonderful thing is God is always there to pick us up at the end. Yeah. 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 No matter how stupid or ridiculous we are. So we're going to be talking about, uh, was it £10 Poms next? £10 Poms. Ugh, BBC. You are listening to those vicar blokes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a plug for another podcast. What's that? Oh, well, I'm gonna plug the Connections podcast. Oh yeah, so that's if good. If you yeah, go yeah. on to Yate Parish website, you can listen to the Connections, um, and that will let you know all that's happening in Yate and Froomside, and keep you up to date what's going on. Yeah. Um, so click subscribe and like on that as well, and do the same for us. Right, so Dave has asked me to watch Ten Pound Poms, another BBC program. I hadn't right? seen it before I asked you to watch oh. it. I just thought it looked interesting from its adverts. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and um, next week I'm going to ask you to watch uh, Netflix and another cartoon, right? Right. Called The Way of the House Husband. The Way of the House Husband. Yeah, write that down. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's I'm really gonna good. I'm going to this post-it note. Yeah, yeah write that down. It's 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 a fantastic anime, not cartoon, and you've got to watch it in Japanese with the subtitles because it's better. Okay. All right. Watch it subbed, not dubbed. Anyway, so that's you- all right because my wife does not like the anime stuff, so I watch it. It's totally subbed different. anyway because um because then I can watch it without. I- keeping her awake oh okay yeah right well it's on um it's on netflix way of the house husband it's a car it's a comedy thing she might like it. it's totally different to vinland right okay yeah it's a comedy thing anyway so uh you asked me to watch 10 pound poms what did you think of it because if you you what how many have you watched i've watched them all have you? Oh, i've watched them man, all. You binge and, and you know what i didn't like the first episode because there was too much going on there yeah. were too many elements of too many people's stories starting all at once but it's worth persevering with, I think. I watched an episode and a half. I couldn't get through anymore. The first episode just did my head in. It was just like it. It. This is what I'm saying. What I'm saying about cookie cutter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a cookie cutter BBC drama. Right. So it's just like you know who the bad guys are and who the good guys are and what the story is no, going to be. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. No, you do. you've got that all wrong. Do you reckon am I wrong? You about didn't it? reach the end. Oh, does it not? Does it not pan out the way I think? No, it would be? absolutely not. Really? No. Oh well, I might watch it then because I was just like, I it really annoyed me when they had this teenage girl. This is based in what nineteen fifty one. Yeah. Right. Somewhere like that before rationing ends. They had this teenage girl, right, who decides that she wants to play football with the lads. What is that? That just wouldn't happen in nineteen fifty one. That's about as authentic as like I don't know a kind of like iPhone in the Middle Ages. You know, it's ridiculous. 
I was just really I, annoyed. I with don't that know that that's true. That is true. No, I don't know that, that that's is, true. That is true. And then, and it was well, she like, might not have been Aberdare, and she probably wouldn't. Where she came from? Where was that? Stockport. Stockport. Yeah. Um, but but it doesn't mean that she wouldn't have if she was given the freedom of expression in a new place. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, you were. But she a, was very good at football, so she obviously played it before. I don't think she was that good. No. Anyway, I'm not a football fan, so that annoyed well, me. Well, you wouldn't know if she was any good or not. No, that's true. What actually. would you know? Yeah. But uh, you reckon the ball me. was the wrong shape? It is the wrong shape. Yeah. But I thought it was—I thought it just annoyed me, right? Because it was just like pointless BBC stuff. Right? You get distracted by the wrong bits, and it was really annoying. And then we had this other one, and it's just like that woman whose kid is um, got taken off her, but she got pregnant, and yeah. she's looking for him, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just like here we go. It's not. Yeah. All, yeah it's just like oh, it's just boring. Yeah, just but like, you have to follow that story through. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. fact, actually, it never. Oh, I shouldn't say. No, it's all no, right, because yeah. I might spoiler alert it. All right, okay. Yeah. So it's that, and it was just, it was all right, but it was just sort of like, and it was just the whole thing. You was... were meant to be watching it to to see the 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 dream that they were sold and the reality that they yeah that, that was it right. was a what, yeah, was but that was the other thing. It was so annoying, right? Because they were in these Anderson shelters. They were in these uh, prefabs, prefab they? shelter things, yeah, right? Yeah, that weren't fit for human living. Really. Right. Okay. Right. Now then. My grand, my dad, right in nineteen fifty one, was living in one of them in 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 by Killian. and my father in law lived in one in Aberdeen as well. So they were just a normal way, to, yeah, a normal it, thing. Like, but they thought they were going for a perfect life for ten, yeah, for ten pound, yeah. and and it was white picket fences, white detached houses, and when they get there, that's not that. There's a a community of of in effect what looks like refugees. Yeah, and the way that they're the point, treated, and they face a torrent of racism and 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 all the rest of it. But that was the whole point of the show, though, wasn't it? The whole point of the show was it, it's a bit like some sci-fi stuff, right? Yeah, in science fiction, if you watch, say, if you watch Doctor Who, right, is uh, from the nineteen eighties, right? Is you watch old nineteen eighties Doctor Who's, they're all about the Cold War. They might be set in space or in the future or whatever. But they're all about the Cold War, about and, uh, and yeah, it, yeah. So it wasn't what annoyed me was it wasn't really about ten pound palms. It was about about immigration and racism and all that sort of stuff. It was about today, not then, and that annoyed me. Yeah, so, see, see and, I mean? and the yeah. bit that annoyed me in the first episode was there were too many storylines all at once. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. But actually, once they pan out across however many episodes there were. They they panned out to be decent stories that didn't necessarily end in the way that you thought they would. Okay, so you reckon it's um, a bit like Game of Thrones, where at the beginning of Game of Thrones, you've never watched that, have you? No. <sighs> okay. Anyway, maybe we'll put that on your list, right? If people but- could see the way you look at me, <laughs> <laughs> it's just they, a look they, they think you are a horrible person. Oh, no, it's a, it's a look of despair. But in the beginning of Game of Thrones, there's like 15 different storylines all start yeah. at once, and it's actually quite overwhelming. So, uh, Well, I think I I've seen part of the first episode yeah. and then thought, do you know what, I can't follow what's going on. That's why I'm I didn't, turn yeah, I turned it off the first time, so I just couldn't cope with it. So you reckon it's a bit like that then? Yeah. Okay, so I'll give it another go then, I'll give it a try. Yeah. So what are you going to say about this false hope thing then, yeah? Well, yeah, so so I wanted to watch it because in the trailer it said, this isn't what they sold us, and it, and it seemed like but what they did was that they thought that by changing country, by changing the weather, by by going somewhere different, that that was going to be a fundamental catalyst to um, to changing who they were and and how they interacted. So the the main guy in it, who clearly had a problem with PTSD from the war, um, was clearly heavily reliant on on the bottle to get through the day. Yeah. Um, his wife's vision is that we'll go to Australia and all of a sudden he'll be cured of PTSD and he'll be, or not that they knew what PTSD was. No, but and he, actually he stopped that, drinking. It, yeah. it became a thing that there were several people in it with PTSD, but it was never called PTSD and nobody really recognised it other than those that were suffering with it. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but all of a sudden somehow, change in the scenery is going to take all these things away um and that's just not true that's not where our hope lies no 
Hang on. There we are. Yeah, um, someone was ringing Dave. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Is It is that false hope. And I think throughout history, really, people have had that dream and still have it today where we can go to another nation, go to another country, begin again. That's what the, that's the founding myth of America, isn't it? That yeah. You can go to the US, you can build the new Jerusalem in America. Um, Australia was the same. Before that, the previous waves of immigration where they went to Australia for the sheep farming and things yeah. like that. It's in, um, oh, what's it called? Great Expectations, where the Dickens novel, where the, what's his name? The guy who's the, um, the prisoner at the beginning, he goes to Australia and, uh, there we are. He goes to Australia and he gets rich off sheep over there. And that would have been in the Victorian times. Right. So it's not a new idea. And people do it now. Like all the people who, this is what the BBC is trying to say in a sense, I think, is that all the people who come to the UK from all over the world uh, want the same thing, don't they? Yeah. They want that new life. They want that new experience. They want to make their lives better by changing the scenery, but it doesn't work, does it? No, there's something fundamental that needs to change um, with the causes of the issues. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... Basically, I suppose, what they think is they're thinking of Australia like heaven, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's the way it was sold, isn't it? Welcome to paradise is the first thing that JJ says when they arrive. Oh, yeah. Welcome to paradise. Yeah. And in the last episode, it's the first thing that his mother says when the next bunch arrive. Welcome, Welcome to, par- to paradise. paradise. And what they've arrived at is not paradise. So it's a fraud. Yeah. And they know it's a fraud when they say it. Yeah. But do you think, though, that's really the essence of evil, isn't it? Is what evil is, is... um. Yeah, so the essence of evil really is that it's fake. Yeah. Is well what I mean by that is is inside each of us is this desire for heaven, for the way things should be. Yeah. Goes back to what we were saying last time about this idea of nature and law. Yeah. Right? So built into us is this I this yearning for perfection, for paradise. And that yearning for God, really for perfection, for paradise, is hijacked through advertising. Yeah. And it's a series of false promises. An alternative promise of good news. Yeah. Because what we're, if we think about anything which is destructive, a lot of the time what we find is it's actually an imitation of true goodness. Yeah. That wasn't me that thought of that. It was somebody else. I think it's Thomas Aquinas, I think. But um, but I think there's a lot oh, of Oh, only one of the great theological minds, you know. Yeah, it weren't yeah, me that thought right, that. Yeah. It, it is to, but I think that's the essence of evil. Evil is seductive because we believe it to be good. Nobody sets out and goes like, oh, I'm going to be like dead evil and I'm going to do this because I want to hurt people. I want to kill them because I, I enjoy it. It might be the odd psychopath that does that. But most of the time, when we end up being sort of duped into evil or duped into things, we're actually really searching for something good. But yeah. But we, we accept the fake instead. Yeah. Because it's easier. Because it's easier. And it only costs £10. Yeah. You know, it was affordable. It was... Yeah. Um, because rather than dealing with the PTSD, which people didn't understand at the time. Well, I think they, they kind of didn't and didn't. Um, or dealing with the alcoholism really was the problem. Yeah. It's e- it's easier to go to Australia. Well, I don't think the alcohol... The alcoholism was the problem, but that was a symptom of the fact that, as a nation, we treated our soldiers so badly when they came back from the war. Yeah. They'd seen horrific things, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, get on with your life then. You know, thanks for your service. Get on with your life, and and you know, um, there was an a, an a lack of awareness about the care that was required, um, and a lack of. And I think we've made progress on this, but you're about to shoot it down. No, 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 we have. You're uh, right about there, yeah. uh, about mental health being important. Yeah, 
I think we understand it a bit better. I yeah. Think. I think that's the thing. I think that, in, well, we, we understand it more, I think. And also as well, I think it's like a lot of things is it's such a deep trauma, the war, is how do we as a community, as a nation, as individuals come to terms with that trauma? And that's a big ask. And I think that there's all sorts of ways we tried to come to terms with that. Things like films like The Dam Busters and things. That's what always makes me laugh, the way in which the nearer to the war you get, the less bloodthirsty and realistic the films are. They couldn't right, have okay. made. They couldn't have made Saving Private Ryan in 1950, right? Okay. Because it would traumatize everybody in the cinema. Yeah. So what they made instead was those sort of jingoistic kind of uh, dam busters, yeah. all sorts of things. Because I think what they, but getting back to it, what we're after all the time is peace, isn't it? We want that peace, love, community. Yeah. It isn't really affluence that they were. They went to Australia for. There wasn't riches. Was I don't it, think. Really? That, I don't think any of them went to affluent for affluence. No, but but that does play a massive part in the deception mm. because they're all paying to stay in this squalor, and the person responsible for maintaining it doesn't care what they live like. No, because she's making a load of cash, and as long as she's making a load of cash. That's all that matters to her. Yeah, she's exploiting the she's people there. She's driven by wealth, and wealth gives her power. And um, well, that's like the hotels. That's, that's the connection you're trying to do. Is it is, you know, we got what nine million pound a week we're spending on refugees or yeah. asylum seekers in hotels. Yeah. Now, it, we like think we like the idea of living in a hotel for like a week or whatever, because it'd be quite nice. But really, do we want to live in one for like two years? And somebody's making a lot of money out of that. Yeah. That's the thing. So people have come here with a dream, uh, but very quickly that dream turns into a nightmare. Yeah. And that's what has happened um, throughout the centuries, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and really as well, I think there's that, I think there's that impulse as well, which is a Christian impulse to begin again. They wanted to be born again in Australia, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. They should have got baptised instead. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to to transform themselves and their lives. And that's really what Christianity's offering. But that will only be fully realised in our death, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to wait to find out. Yeah. We can get flashes of it now. It's not saying we're all going to hang around waiting to die, but we can get flashes of it now, and we can transform. Well, one of the best, the best things about the theology college that I went to was its was its strapline at the time. Oh yeah, what which was, was "Live like the kingdom is near." Oh. So it's not about hanging about waiting to die. It's about um, living in a way that that enables the kingdom to be a visible reality where we are well actually that's similar to uh, our strapline was Sir Exus Alleluia which means you know he, he rejoice he is risen right yeah, yeah. okay so um, but the idea of the college of the, re- of, of the community of the resurrection wasn't that we hang around waiting for the resurrection it was all about and is still all about making the resurrection a reality yeah. today which is why they fought apartheid in South Africa for as one example yeah is because to to realize justice today is is part of the resurrection and i think that's what we're all drawn to but we get kind of sidetracked into nonsense instead don't we yeah sadly so yeah so maybe i'll give it a bit more of a go if you've stopped at episode one or episode one and a half just just go through the next couple of episodes and see see if you can get into it I'll have a go alright so uh, thanks for listening today and um, we'll see you next week the way of the house husband the way of the house husband yeah for your own work for your own work and we're we're not sure what we'll be talking about next week as far as the uh, the middle bit the, uh, the Christian bit and we'll be talking about whatever's in the news so if you have a question or something you'd like us to discuss or think about Please uh, send it in to us and we'll get on with it. So see you next time. Ta-da.